Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Boar. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Nikki. And I'm John. And what the hell was that? <laughs> I uh, I forgot you were still you, you, you were here. I th- I thought you were still gone. So, you know, I'm so, I got so used to doing the intro that uh, now I'm just doing the intro. I was well, told you quit. And that you'd never come back. I might have spread that rumor. Uh, well, the bitch is back. And, um, and I'm better than you. <laughs> Damn. It's just, I mean, I'm, you're, you're a very kind person. And thank you for, for you know, e- even, you know, though your ego was tripping, clearly. Uh, you, you I'm ha- straight tripping, boo. <laughs> you, you were <laughs> straight tripping. I was just quoting an Elton John song that nobody probably knows anymore because it's, it's, it's the 21st century. Everyone's forgotten everything that I hold dear. Oh. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true because uh, because we live in a, a media that recycles perpetually. Anyway, Shady's back. Shady is back. Backstreet, uh, Backstreet is also back. Is also back. <laughs> <laughs> so in this episode, um, we're going to talk about uh, a lot of video game news coming out of E3. We're going to talk about all the shit I was doing for the past uh, month that you haven't heard from from me. Yeah. Uh, and and John, it's been a while since you've been on one of our regular shows where we talk about random stuff. I get around. Uh, Not here, apparently. (laughs) Well, unless we call you spontaneously. Which hasn't happened for a while. It hasn't. Which is horrible every time. (laughs) Last time we tried, you didn't answer, and then we just edited it all out. Are you eating ice cream? If so. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. It wasn't the eating ice cream time. No, you didn't answer. Yeah, you just straight up didn't answer. No, that time I did actually answer, but the other time, (laughs) man, I don't even know what the hell. You guys are crazy. (laughs) So, uh, we're recording this episode earlier than normal, so E3's festivities have only just begun. That's where all of our video game related news is going to come from. Um, And I'm going to talk about my experiences at Moogfest and the television event that is rocking my world, The Return of Twin Peaks. It'll be spoiler free, I think. Yes, it'll be spoiler free. But first... What's everybody been up to while I've been away? What, besides running Nerdy Show? <laughs> yeah, besides that. Shots <laughs> Well, um, I've been on Twitch still. I've finally set up my stream, and I have, I think, a whole six six shows I've done. Oh, I thought you were going to say six followers. <laughs> <laughs> six followers! Woo! Yeah, uh, and I have... Just over 50, which is all that you need to become, well, I mean, like, one of the few things you need 
to be eligible to become an affiliate. Right. And you're like some sort of a weird secret character because I tried to find you and I couldn't find you. So hopefully we'll be able to figure am, that out and post a link people, on the okay, channel. Okay, so there's the, nerdy, well, there's the Nerdy Show Twitch. This is your own independent Twitch. So where yes. can people find you, Nikki? It's going to be www.twitch. Like the thing your eye does when you get stressed out. Twitch.tv forward slash cybernome. And I'm just going to spell this one out for you <laughs> just in case. C Y B. The number three. This is great podcasting. R G N O We should just make her a Bitly link Could and just be like, feel that go to Bitly slash right into three nine eight uppercase <laughs> R Y. We will link to Nikki's stream on this episode's page. Please subscribe. Forward slash. <laughs> so, what kind of stuff do you stream? Video um, games. Well, all right. So, so watching far, people watching Bob Ross. What do you stream? Yes, exactly. All Whoa, of those. I things. need to get into that. It's sick. <laughs> it's so freaking awesome. Uh, the first couple times I was doing art related things, I was checking out some new supplies. So it didn't go like amazingly. I did not create any nothing good, nothing great. <laughs> okay, anything. Well, I didn't l- make anything. Let me back thing. up even further because I having known you for a little while now mm-hmm. uh didn't know that you did any kind of graphic art uh oh wow uh aside from i know you did photography yeah uh what what is it that you're doing um so i mostly just sketch but um i do a lot of different things i've done superheroes in the past um like late- time traveling time traveling superheroes <laughs> yes no like uh i did spider girl um Things like that. I've got some pictures here to show you. I can't yeah, show. Yeah, aim, aim right into the microphone with you. Know, <laughs> things, um, right on, right. To that design, you in- know. Ink drawings. Yeah, ink drawings, uh, pen sketches, things like that. I, I have not been able to do anything too well digitally, you know, like <laughs> digital graphics, but, yeah. um, yeah, I've been. Personally, I, I, I hate illustrating, uh, on a tablet. It drives me batshit crazy. I've tried doing it on my iPad. Someday maybe I'll, you know, make enough money to get a screen I can draw on. I think that would actually work for me, but I, oh Lord, I am. My, uh, my old fashioned skills of, uh, pen and ink and paper, they do not, they just don't flow well on the screen. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. It, I'm still very, I, I am not anywhere close to your level of arting. <laughs> don't sh- me we- i've seen what you do it's awesome thank you um but besides that sometimes i get home from work and i am just too tired to do anything but then i have jackbox games and then he- heroes of the storm and so i've streamed a couple of games a couple times so so jackbox i've played it okay. it's fun it's great yeah but i'm still not used to people saying it so every time people say it, i'm like what what <laughs> what is this? like whatever part of my You're brain like is, is, is drawn what? to like <laughs> Uh, sexual descriptions of things is yeah. immediately is immediately I mean that's <laughs> most of the game too it so, is like quick you know, whatever. oh yeah there's tons of tons of fun things you can do there but um yeah other than that oh and for my stream I uh one of the people who got me into the whole creative side of things that like where I discovered the creative twitch right yeah um I glass man cometh he made me a glass gnome so Sweet. I'll be getting that uh, in soon, and it has like moon stars, and it has all my favorite colors in it. It's super sick looking. Stretched ears though, because it sounds a little <laughs> bit more artistic than the glass pickle that you described last time. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I'm still a fan of his pickles, though. I'm not going to lie. Yep. Oh, I said it. (laughs) How about you, John? Well, I mean, we went to the Moog, of course. We did. Um, Other than that, um, you know, them Overwatch and all their events that they've been having have kept me pretty busy. I didn't know you played Overwatch. I I play Overwatch, so does Kristen. Who's your mains? Huh? Who's your mains? Lord. I I actually play the field. You know, good players don't have mains. I don't I don't know that, quite frankly. No. Oh. I mean, I, I normally wind up being like Mercy or Diva, but I also play a lot of uh, random character, which, you know, if you can't play everybody, you just die horribly. You'll probably die horribly anyway, because you can't choose a character to fit the need. So. Yeah, especially nowadays, uh, it locks oh, out the, the character. So if somebody picks your main, then if you have a main, you're oh. kind of screwed. See, I didn't know that. So, in like every mode. And I've never yeah. played Overwatch. I only watch other people play it, and I haven't done that in a while. So. Yeah, so you better be good with about <laughs> half a dozen characters. Otherwise, you're yeah. probably like, not that Yeah, pretty much great. at a minimum. <laughs> like, you probably need at least, oh, I don't know, 10 characters that you're good at an absolute minimum. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, and you had better be familiar with all of them. It's like it's like yeah. I, I didn't just leave Nerdy Show for a month. It's like I checked out of reality for a year. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's what I was doing was dealing with their, hey, we've been around for a year. Let's have a celebration. Mm-hmm. So literally. Have, have you been cursing at the random number generation with the, uh, the boxes like I have for the last I have contest? not had anywhere. I mean, I didn't get anything I wanted, but I didn't have the bad luck that my wife did it was incredible she got like three soldier boys of the legendary and so of course you know half of those are like dupes you know what i mean like she kept getting the same legendaries over and over again wow i i just keep getting like grays and blues and it's like hey yeah Yeah. like i i don't play overwatch a ton and i'm sort of like i'm at a level where it takes it takes a long time for me to gain a level so i i unlock boxes really slowly and yeah. so I buy boxes occasionally, and I spent like probably $20 on just random loot boxes this time around because I wanted a couple of the legendaries. And it was just like, here, have a bunch of sprays and emoticons and, you know, shit like that. And I'm yeah. just like, I just spent $20 on mostly garbage. And then they actual American dollars. And then they don't give you very drops. many, like there's, there's an in-game currency that if you get duplicates or something like that, they give you some coins so you can buy the thing that you want. And with all of that, I bought, I, I was able to get enough coins to like get like a, a one sixteenth of a thing that I wanted. <laughs> uh, but luckily I had enough saved up that I was able to buy one of the legendaries that I wanted. Otherwise I would have been totally screwed. I, got, I think I got like one of the legendaries I sort of wanted kind of uh, you know if i had like a, a wish list of 10 things Lord. it would have been on there somewhere i am so glad i don't play games like this this sounds uh, awful yeah. yeah well the, at least it's not as bad as when you deal with that stuff in like mass effects multiplayer because they have like a drop system like basically like magic the gathering like you are straight up buying stuff you actually need but you can't ever select it yeah that's the thing know? with overwatch it's purely cosmetic but those things only really come around legendaries. right they only come around like maybe once, once a, a year, year maybe. or or never again possibly like this know. this anniversary event will they ever bring those skins back for you to unlock them again who knows so i had to spend some money to get you know a chance at something yeah <laughs> <sighs> wow that's awful. i should really probably stop <laughs> And just, that's the whole point yeah. i mean i'm just keep thinking to myself like why am i doing this why am i fucking playing this so much like what the fuck <laughs> what about you boar oh man so uh speaking of paying money for stuff that i probably shouldn't 
you have a pile of colorful packages yeah over where I, I can't i brought make. i brought some interesting things to sample uh first off i want to i want to crack this open this is the new pepsi fire uh, okay and it's a it's a cinnamon flavored cola mm. uh I, I just want to tell the story of when i when i purchased this <laughs> uh i went into the the store and you know i had uh this pepsi fire and and the the people behind the counter were like wow we've never like is this any good have you tried this and i was like i have no idea i've heard it's terrible and they gave me this look like why are you buying it then <laughs> well, science. so anyway i brought i brought this in and i want to try it and uh i think nikki is going to yeah. take a little swig yeah. i'm and, not going to take try it the too. uh insane uh, caffeine plunge but what we if we tell you that it's fucking delicious I, I mean, I I deny myself fucking delicious things every day. All right. But if you me... just dip just the tip of your tongue in, just just the tip. Now, <laughs> uh, not every just, day you get an invite like that. The bouquet right. on just... this Pepsi Fire reminds me <laughs> of a Pepsi that they put out a long time ago. Like it was a Christmas Pepsi. And yeah, it, and it had like a bit of a spice. What do they to call it? that? I thought it was just holiday spice Pepsi. Yeah, something like that. Really? It, it, the smell like of this reminds me of that. Uh, all right, let me try this. Wow, that's that, good. Okay, or, try it. You just first it was like a wow, and then I heard a uh come out. So I really <laughs> well, have no. Well, maybe clue. you'll experience the same thing. <laughs> By the way, it, it was actually called Pepsi Holiday Spice. I'm shocked that I got that right. It, that's a good good remembering. It kind of tastes like if you took a Pepsi and you dropped. <laughs> oh, Nikki made a face. You dropped oh. some of those Fireball candies into the Pepsi and left that. it. <laughs> you don't want that. Uh, and you left the Fireball candies in there for a while. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It tastes like you would imagine that. Mm. That like, sounds like exactly what I thought it would be. Okay, so I'll just uh, keep drinking. You know, Vim's Captain's yeah. Blend instead. Um, mm, yum, Captain's it's, Blend. It's maybe about as spicy, maybe a little bit more spicy than that. Uh, Mountain Dew Mango Heat that I tried a while back, uh-huh. but this tastes worse. <laughs> I swear I like tasted a barbecue happening in my mouth at one point, but like the really old wood for some reason that you're using and it's kind of stale. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> we need to make hickory soda. Oh my God. <laughs> As an aside, <laughs> drinkable uh, wood. I will pick Pepsi every single time over Coke, and 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 I will say that this still tastes better than Coke. Well, oh, wait. That's, that's how bad I think. Like Coke. plain Coke. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else? But, you got there, but you I think I, I still I still think it's right there. <laughs> I still think it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so as a little bit of a backstory, there's this. Uh, asian supermarket in town that every time i go there i'm cursed to spend about 40 dollars because i i start going down the candy aisle and mm-hmm. they've got a giant beverage section oh, yeah. and i just start loading up things that look interesting or potentially delicious and uh i did that recently and i i i brought just a, a sampling of some of my favorite things that i've found so far um or 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 things that I thought were so weird that that you needed to have them brought to your attention, uh, like the, that Pepsi. Let, let me let me just talk. The first <laughs> thing that I, I found going through their extensive ramen aisle, uh, I don't. I'm not usually that big of a fan of instant ramen. Uh, I'll try them occasionally, but I generally don't eat them on a regular basis. But I found this one ramen. I don't know if you've heard before about how most ramen noodles are fried, and that's inherently like bad because they have extra calories and some of the oils that they use are, are not as sense, good yeah. as as probably they could use but 
this type of ramen, uh, I don't, I'm probably going to butcher the hell out of the name, uh, Mayojo Chukazanami, something like that. I don't know. We're going to post a link to it in the Nerdy Show page, uh, but this is the best freaking ramen I've ever had in my life. From Instant Ramen, uh-huh. I, I guess. And so you said there's a link. Does that mean we can buy it on Amazon? On Amazon? Yeah. I found this on Amazon. It's really good. So you found it in the Asian um, market, and then you found it on Amazon. Yes. Okay. Uh, they've got a few different flavors. I tried one called Oriental Flavor that was amazing. Uh, they have a soy sauce one and a... Uh, this one This one was really, really interesting. Uh, it doesn't have like a specific flavor listed. It just says sesame-flavored sauce with mustard. I haven't tried that one yet, but given how good the Oriental one was, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, Super amazing ramen uh, that we'll link uh, that you can get on Amazon, and I highly recommend trying it. Uh, super good. But the interesting thing that I brought for you guys to try is uh, I found down in the snack aisle, I have absolutely no idea what these are called because <laughs> it does not have any English on the package whatsoever, but... Is this going to be an episode of Kino? What? I'm going to pass it around to you. The best I can describe what these are is these are a... They're like crunchy Cheetos that are cream corn flavor or or like a corn soup Garman Bozia. All right. Seems legit. (laughs) And I, I just wanted to see how you felt about these. Oh, wow. They're very firm. Yep, they're not like, like a Cheeto, like they're a crunchy firmer. Cheeto. Maybe a little bit crunchier. They have a oily finish. <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's always a good description. And they do taste an awful lot like one fla- one of the flavors we tried on Dungeons and Doritos a couple years ago. At this point, corn pottage Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Distinctly diff- different from the toasted corn Doritos that you can buy in uh, the Southwest of America. Um, because it tastes like a sweet chowder <laughs> in addition to being corn. Okay, and, and I've got a couple more things, and I, oh, I don't want to keep talking about food forever. <laughs> I do. So, it's become a thing me. we do now, isn't it? And, and, hey, Ryden, do you like when we do this? Because we don't, we're not sure. Yeah, we're not sure. We just, we just like eating things, so, you know. <laughs> okay, the next one, it, this one, then the next one will be a little bit of a treat, and, and I'll... <laughs> I'll, uh, I, okay, here's my, my verdict on those things. They're not great, but I would keep eating them. <laughs> if, they were, I, if, they were, if they were around, yeah. I would snack. Oh, okay. They're like an oily, slightly savory... Shit, what's that cereal? I was going to say Kit Kat, but that's a candy. Uh, <laughs> Kicks. 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 Yeah. Yes. Except for okay. they taste more like creamed corn. I can totally <laughs> taste the Kicks. Yeah, yeah. The Kicks mixed with And, and the pain and suffering. Really, the the garmambosia. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh All right, God. the next one. Um, these these are a hard candy. Okay. And they're Oishi brand. Uh, <laughs> That's really their name. Oishi. Yeah, it's de- the, wow. O- Oishi means delicious in Japanese. Um, exactly. That's why. John, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> John, if you go out to your mailbox right now, you're gonna see we have delivered some to you. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, I, that is a long walk. I, I wish I wish we had that a level of planning. But these are pineapple <laughs> hard candy, and it tastes more like fresh pineapple than Damn anything it. I've ever had in candy form. And it's tart. Yeah, there's there's a there's a decided tartness in it that's absent from American pineapple candies. Yeah, that sounds like some proper dashi right there. Yeah, I dig this. This is um this is great. If it was a lollipop, I'd suck it. 
This it's it's kind of like a lollipop, like, except for it doesn't have a stick. It doesn't have a convenient handle. So, so like, I, this has to live in my mouth now, unless I spit it out. Yeah. We didn't, th- we didn't think ahead to that part. No, we didn't. <laughs> but, so you're going to uh, hear it clicking in my mouth unless I get rid of it. <laughs> but it's good. It's very good. Yeah, I, I got a couple more. The next one, uh, this one's a Ramune flavored candy. Shut oh, up. Oh, wow. What? I'm super. Is it going to be fizzy candy? Uh, is it I like the soda candy? It comes in a little Ramune style bottle, but without a one of the, you know, the things. The things that shoot the ball. Oh, wow. It tastes really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tastes like... Um, oh, it's powdery. Yeah. It tastes like a, like a sweet tart, and then also... Um, like you dehydrated, like maybe an entire case of ramen flavor into one pill. Wow. Yeah, no, that was really delicious. What yeah, they're that? like a ramen flavor pill. What is the flavor of ramen? It's oh. like what the ocean looks like, but not what it tastes like. Well, I can tell you that it has uh, tapioca <clears throat> starch, sucrose esters of fatty acid, <laughs> oh and, and artificial <laughs> flavor. So, God damn it. If they all hit it, everything in the artificial flavor. All right, so this is just one of the milk candies. Yeah, this, is, this one is a Milkita vanilla shake candy. It's okay. um, it's kind of a soft chew, but it tastes exactly like so, uh, a vanilla milk. It's a milk hard shake. soft chew though. It's quite firm. Yeah, it starts out kind of hard, but then it gets pretty soft. It's rare you That's get huh. flavor said. warm. Yeah, it's you know, it's a creamy chew. Yeah. Um. It makes my spit squeak. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like my salivation has like tripled since yep. it's been in there. So oh, it's a workout. <laughs> if you get like fracture your jaw and you gotta do physical jaw therapy, I, I highly recommend the the milkitas. <laughs> <laughs> so the original ramenade flavor is lemon lime. <laughs> Allegedly, is it really? yeah. Now that I think about it, that entire anime I watched about Dagashi was basically making a bunch of jokes about lemonade. Hmm. Hmm. What do all those words you just said mean except for anime? <laughs> I understood anime. What? The there's there's like literally an entire anime about just dashi. What What's is, dashi? Yeah. It's like candy in J- really? It's I mean, candy in this Japan. Is, this is not Wicked Anime. That's a separate program. We have all of our programs spaced out. Wicked Anime is a great program. I highly recommend Internet. it. Internet! <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of a, I'm like a lower mid-level weeaboo, and I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> An upper, lower, middle level. No, I'm a lower middle level. Like, I'm above, he, he's a, I'm above the lower he's a, level. He's a 25th level lesser weeb. Do you have a Crunchyroll s- subscription? No. Oh, well, that's your problem. That's why you don't know these things. He watches the free Crunchyroll. Uh, yeah, I, I actually do sometimes. There you go. All right, let's get into Moogfest. Moogfest is an incredible festival. It's extremely unique. There's nothing like it else on this planet. It's a music festival and also a science and technology conference and actually kind of a bunch of other things rolled up into that. It takes place in Durham, North Carolina, and I've been many, many years where I've seen incredible stuff like uh, Brian Eno gave this wonderful lecture. I've seen... Uh, Who's that? Brian Eno is one of the like most prolific, important music producers of all time. Pretty um, much ever. 
and and also never like, heard of him. Probably not that uh, important. Multimedia, <laughs> multimedia artist and general insanely smart person who's like guided a bunch of things. He com- this is one of his lesser achievements by far, but he composed the uh, Windows ninety five startup sound. Oh, Shut that, up. that is a pretty prestigious thing. That's intense. <laughs> um, but he co-produced a bunch of stuff with David Bowie, and anyway, he's great. But that's just. There's all kinds of stuff that happens at Moogfest. I've seen some of, some of my heroes, some of the people who I whose work I respect the most, people who've shaped my uh, creative life and so on and so forth, uh, have performed there, have spoken there. And on top of that, it's always geared towards uh, new music, especially. And so I always discover new performers there that uh, that I, I didn't know of before. I look at who Moogfest is like, you know, rolling out this year and discover something that i really like so i have spotify yeah, really and you go, go to Mogfest. <clears throat> spotify ain't gonna necessarily feed you what you need <laughs> spotify is just a bunch of algorithms it's not discerning people it's been algorithming me pretty well huh. sounds like you're predictable own. huh a little bit <laughs> must be so during the day there's lectures conferences durational performances experimental stuff uh and then during the night music Sometimes very unusual music. So unfortunately, <laughs> could be fun. Uh, no, no, it you could you didn't be you fun. John. You didn't see any of it. You did not stay out late. You are a a daytime person. Well, I mean, to be fair, I kept uh, sconcing to the hotel room to play uh, Breath of the Wild, but you know, <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you've got priorities. They're not. There. The one performance I saw wasn't supposed to be a performance per se. It was supposed to be a talk on the future of like hooking your brain up to synthesizers, and instead it was like garbage sound vomit. Well, why don't you explain that experience? Because you've harped on it twice now. Go for it. Garbage sound vomit. The what? show. The show. <laughs> Great. Please elaborate. Imagine a bunch of impossible weird sounds. None of it was musical. It was just like sound noise. Like ambiance type music, but quote unquote. What did you think you were getting? Maybe. What did you well, get? Please explain the experience. Literally, so the talk it. said that they were going to be discussing where this was going to be going and all this stuff about, you know, this first commercially available uh, brain machine interface for synthesizers. That all sounded like totally John centric kinds of things. But instead, it was like, yeah, so it says that I'm supposed to talk about shit. I'm not going to. I'm just going to start, you know, hooking this thing up and just playing whatever. And then he proceeded to play whatever, which, like I said, was just nonsense. <clears throat> so just horrible. He was stuff. playing "quote unquote" music with his mind. Correct. Music requires that there is some sort of structure to it. He did not achieve <laughs> that, that low, low objective. He was playing sounds with his mind. Right. That's music. sick. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude. Well, it's one of those things. Like, I can hook some freaking wires up to anybody's head and be like, okay, this is going to be a one and this is going to be a zero. And now I'm going to load that into my MIDI sequencer and have it play a random spectrum between the two, right? Like, but that doesn't mean that it's being used in any sort of a sane or rational way to actually produce quality of any sort. There was, there was, <laughs> it was so bad. Oh my God. But, I mean, <laughs> that was only one thing that uh, unfortunately yes, disappeared. I kind of, I kind of wish that. I had heard it so I could back you up, John, because I feel you like I would probably be bitching right drugs, along with John. you. I, I, I'm sure I would as well. I mean, that's <laughs> but 
I mean, they they had folks from the Large Hadron Collider speaking there. Um, they had a bunch of awesome Afrofuturists talking about. Uh, did you get to sci-fi. talk to any of the people from CERN? I did not seek them out. I could have. Oh, but I, did I mean, you should have. So you could have asked them about the Hellgates that they keep <laughs> trying to open up with that collider. <laughs> they talked about the Hellgates. Did they? They're like, man, people even think we're trying to like make black holes, Hellgates. We've seen them all, you know. Sweet. Hey, can I can I get on a on a podium real quick? There's. Have you guys heard of a really garbage uh, conspiracy theory called the uh, Cloud Man- People Man- Mandela effect? Oh yeah, haven't we talked about that before? I don't believe so, unless this is a part of the Mandela effect. I think it Mandela might be effect? because I feel like we have talked about this. It, it's it <laughs> maybe that was an alternate reality, though. <laughs> yeah, you you can't really be sure. It's it's a conspiracy theory called the Mandela effect. is named after Nelson Mandela because there are some people who believe that mm. he died in prison, and then of course he didn't. He became you know the president of South Africa, and then. You know, and apartheid. It's pretty much one person misremembers something, and then a bunch of other people confirm that they also misremember it. Like, it, like, which is a byproduct of literally how the fucking human brain works. Yeah, it's it's basically the it, end for for <laughs> like, forget, yeah. for the the human memory forgetfulness misremembering something combined with the internet allowing people to confirm that things were different than how they remembered. Well, but I but I remember that, and other people remember it's it that way. Bias, we the should, whole fucking thing. Like, it, it's 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 basically saying, hey, memification happened prior to the internet but then oh no uh i my memories are important clearly what i remember is correct oh my god cern opened up a black hole and merged to realities clearly that's the answer <laughs> oh okay that's where you're getting with so it. what yeah. you're telling me is all the people who believe in flat earth have now come over to this other thing with some other there are people mm, i don't think that's an example of it the, no. the biggest examples of the mandela effect are the bernstein bears yeah mm, okay versus, versus bears. the bernstein bears uh some people think that bernstein bears is the way that you spell bernstein bears and other people uh well i mean the actual way is bernstein mm. the other big uh examples are shazam people mm-hmm. used to think that it was uh starring you mean kazam Yes. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq. Well, no, other people think that it was Shazam and it was starring, uh, John, help me out. You know this one, right? No. There is a Shazam. (laughs) But, like, there's, like, uh, Mirror Mirror on the Wall in Snow White is not, is incorrect. It's actually Magic Mirror on the Wall. And people think that's, but basically, people believe, people believe at this point that, um, that CERN, when they isolated the Higgs boson particle, uh, merged two parallel realities. They overlapped, and they have been seamlessly like integrated to one another. People have existed and disappeared. We don't remember that it happened. It just seamlessly merged. And um, Sinbad—that's the name of the guy. People thought that Sinbad uh, was in an, in a movie that had a plot that was very similar to Kazam, uh, but it never happened. And some people are like, "No, I saw that movie," but. Yeah, and it's... this is why witness testimony is only worth so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, this really frustrates me. And what frustrates me more is that there was actually there's a there's a, a a young kid who's a a a theoretical physicist. He's you know he's a genius. He's an actual genius. But he uh uh he has an internet video where he where he he states that he firmly he firmly believes this and and the wow effect of a kid genius believing 
this bullshit uh, is really frustrating to me. It, it makes me furious. I haven't looked into that, but I'm still not convinced that he even exists. So I mean, that's fair, and I haven't saying. I haven't looked into it either. Just basically, I mean, I call bullshit on him immediately. I call bullshit on him, uh, regardless of whether he I exists or not. I call bullshit on you. I call bullshit on your cow. But back to Moogfest. <laughs> Um, <laughs> wait, winding back to Moogfest, um, the folks right. who, who composed the score to Stranger Things were there, uh, playing the, playing this, the score live. It oh, was wow. wonderful. Um, I mean, granted, not a lot happening on stage, but you close your eyes and feel the decibels coming out of this, you know, a m- far more elaborate and expensive sound system than you've ever listened to the same Stranger Things score on. And yeah. you're like, I feel this. I'm there. Yeah. It's scary. I love it. That's um, awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I got to be in the same room as a Fairlight CMI, my favorite musical instrument, which was uh, a, a very large computer. That, they uh, had a Fairlight CMI there? Yeah. What yeah, the hell did. is yeah. that? What is that? It's a... It's a <laughs> <What>? <laughs> At first I thought we were, we were communicating, <laughs> and then I realized uh, uh, the CMI stands for Computer Music Instrument. Um, it was basically like 40 years ahead of its time kind of thing. It, it was uh, it was the go to thing for uh, for sampling sounds and creating music out of them. Uh, heavily used by Kate Bush, Peter Gabriel, Trevor Horn, um, and uh, it's a it's a beautiful machine. Uh, and I never thought I'd get to see one in person. It was really cool. Played with a lot of synthesizers. They had this. They always have a pop up shop set up where you can play with all of Moog's equipment. But this time it was really uh, involved, interactive. They had a whole display of all the um, the bass lines, the classic unforgettable bass lines that have been created on uh, Moog synthesizers and then showed you the arrangement of how to turn the dials and where the component cables needed to be to, or the patch cables to, um, uh, to create that sound yourself and see like kind of the complexities within the simplicity of the Moog analog synthesizers. Did they have reggaeton there? Uh, I, I, Probably somewhere. <laughs> honestly, I don't, honestly, I don't know how you make reggaeton. I have no idea. It, it, it seems ex- well. If you have a patch cable in the right dial settings, you could probably make it I'm pretty sure, easily. Sure I you imagine could. you might need the uh, other modular parts to make it work, but you know. How I, much money did I calculate out that machine you were dicking around with cost? Oh, I was I, I was in front of like a, practically a Keith Emerson style like gigantic patch console, a and proper modular synth. I mean, it was like was it like double digit thousands, wasn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, I think it might have been forty. Man, yeah, uh, she just started like yanking cables, sticking them at random, playing around, and I'm like, oh my god, how much does this thing cost? He's <laughs> he's playing a telephone operator from the twenties. I mean, that's what, that's what pretty it looks much. Like. <laughs> uh, John, you saw you saw a talk from uh, from Zoltan. Oh God. Yeah, no, it, it took me a while, and then I was like, wait a minute, but but that is the guy who was running for president, right? <laughs> like, you guys, you so, guys know Z- Zoltan, right? The uh, the transhumanist uh, party's uh, pre- oh, presidential candidate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I mean, that. it's hard to forget with a name like you know Zoltan, right? Yeah, I mean, but, uh, I have heard of that. I I can't picture him in my mind. He's, well, he looks like a normal white dude, uh, but he sounds like a but uh, like buff. Is he did, buff? Did he swallow a he computer? Looks like he could be very buff. <laughs> could be buff. The, uh, Not the, sure the buff. talk was called something like uh, "How the Transhumanism Bus Changed uh, the Field Forever" or something like that. And so I thought that that was like figurative, but it was actually literal. <laughs> like. That's the not the weird guy thing. with the sensor sticking out of his head, is it? No, that's Neil Harbison. Oh, though he uh, he does have an RFID capsule embedded in his hand that he uses to unlock his door in his car. So he's got the sign yeah. of the beast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'll I go used with to it. actually want one of those when I was younger, and those first came out. I'm like, 
How sick would that be just to have a chip in your hand and you could just like open things with it? That'd be your identification now. That's like the most horrifying thing in the world <laughs> to me. I'm like, nope, don't well, want that. Well, you'd still have to find and, you know, procure all that equipment and set it all up anyway. I mean, you know, like you can't just go out but and like, well, until the government's doing door. it for you. <laughs> That's why but, I but, only yeah. have NFC embedded in my spine. You have to be really <laughs> close to scan it. Yeah. So nobody's coming near my spine without my authorization. So it that way, like, therefore, right- it's safe. Right above. It, it isn't safe though because you can just basically. It's like lighthouses. If you use focusers, you can actually do it at a huge distance. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't go telling me that after I got it embedded into my spine already. See, you oh, should get it done like right in, at the end of your tailbone, like right above the butthole. <laughs> Were you there? <laughs> How did you know where my secret NFC spot was? I just thought that would be the smartest place you could put it. John, why don't you why don't you tell everybody about the uh, the coffin bus? Well, that's the whole point, though. So, like, I misunderstood what the talk was about. It was actually about um, a literal coffin bus that they, like, I guess, kickstarted and actually drove across the country what? to deliver a transhumanist bill of rights to the Capitol, co- um, which, of course, didn't go over with the guards there very well. Did the bus look like a coffin? A gigantic Did it contain yeah, they literally coffins? modded out like a 1970s like RV to make it look like a coffin. Okay. And I mean, in many ways, it was a coffin because it kept breaking down. So, I mean, shit, you know. Huh. Um, but yeah, no, and so, uh, you know, after his uh, crazy long talk about road trips and all the insanity that happened as a result of that, you know, it was like a freaking free-for-all question thing, like, you know, oh, well, how the hell, you know, what are we going to deal with, like, the automation coming through, like, how is that going to affect people, okay, so you should just be able to, like, cut off your arm and replace it with a better arm, cut out your heart, replace it with a better heart, why wouldn't you, it's better, you know, like, <laughs> shit got real. I mean, if you want to, and you got the money, sure. But yeah, I, so, I wouldn't expect your insurance to cover cutting out your heart and right, putting a better heart in if you didn't need kind of the rub. a better heart. Yeah, but I've seen basically, enough straight like up that. Deus Ex. Uh, Hannibal Burris was a surprise inclusion of the show. He appeared on the first day out of nowhere, and then would randomly show up doing things throughout the the event. He uh, soldered his own synthesizer together in a class. Uh, he led a discussion with Animal Collective and the 1970s Canadian prog rock band Syrinx. Um, where who, they, who is Hannibal Burris? Hannibal Burris, the co-host of uh, the Eric Andre show, who's way bigger than Eric Andre is. He's the guy who uh, who broke the Bill Cosby is a rapist thing. He was, he was His stand-up was like, hey, you know, everybody knows this, but no one talks about it. We, we all accept that Bill Cosby's a rapist. Why isn't anybody doing anything about it? And then, and it was just, he was just musing, you know, live on a stage, and it turned into the whirlwind of Bill Cosby being outed as a rapist. Uh, no. Let's just wow. pretend that I ask some of these questions for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think they have a clear, clear idea of at least a small part of who uh, he is. Hannibal's a great comedian. Uh, he's a pretty big deal. He's got a bunch of specials. Check him out. He was asking some pretty hard-hitting questions, too. Oh, yeah. He was... Uh... Have you ever fucked to your own music? <laughs> To which I don't think any of them had. Yeah, they said they'd never done it. And he was like, not even on release tracks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, uh, you know, if uh, the sex wasn't good, then you'd be like, hey, I made this. <laughs> what, what about some stems? <laughs> <laughs> I made this for you. They, uh, and he, he basically diverted the conversation. So they were talking about parrots for 15 minutes. And it was, it was great. Okay. Talk about how a, a parrot was used to like, help solve a murder. Parrot witnessed, witnessed a murder. 
about um, how a parrot kept biting a guy and man about, had about how jimmy, jimmy buffett is an asshole because the guy <laughs> was at a like worked at a parrot rental store and it was it was good it was weird stuff happens at Mogfest. wow um, this parrot is dead <laughs> so here's here's the thing that happened to me that i kind of couldn't believe so i i did i i presented in an interview there um last year i interviewed gary newman um, we had that on, on a prior episode of Nerdy Show, the, the audio for that. Uh, this year, I interviewed the the rapper Mickey Blanco. Uh, he's really cool. He's this uh, really punk rock, gender non-conforming multimedia artist. And up in the balcony, I see this dude with a beard. And I'm like, shit, that guy looks an awful lot like Michael Stipe, the lead singer of R.E.M. And he was there doing a talk, which I had to miss because I was getting ready for this presentation. Um, and it was him. Oh, snap. And then the next day, um, we were both watching Flying Lotus perform, and he singled me out and, you know, told me what a great job I did, which is, I mean, like... Oh, wow. I, you know, I just... Congratulations. I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of famous people, but seldom do they, like, you know, witness something that I'm doing and then come up to me and tell me that. Right. So, I mean, it it's cool, and it was just very gratifying and did weird. you tell him and to listen to your podcast cool. i did not tell <laughs> oh, him that, what the no. hell i did i did say his name too much probably i was i was i was taken by surprise and i got i, I usually don't but i got authentically jittery yeah of like <laughs> like a little starstruck just well, ever so slightly it's just well you know yeah because we could have interviewed pep- a lot of crazy random people too so like yeah <laughs> well phil, the thing is i talked to phil collins Phil Collins doesn't come up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, I was a uh, you know like I saw I saw something you did and I really appreciated it." And I was like, "Shit, <laughs> Phil Collins appreciates something I did." Yeah, I mean, Phil Collins would be like, hey, "That was a great interview, mate," and I'd be like, "Yeah, Phil, it was a great interview. Thank you very much for putting up with me talking incessantly about that one time you were on Miami Vice." But <laughs> <laughs> this is different. It was different this time. Different. It was different, <laughs> and it was great. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to Mogfest next year. Let's move on to something else. Something oh. people probably care about. <laughs> um well video games anthem is the new property from bioware bioware makers of mass effect yes distributed by e3 ea ea (laughs) announced it e3 yes damn it i did it too (laughs) (laughs) they gave the rights for andromeda over to montreal i think is who worked on it that the, sounds right. The Bioware Montreal studio, yeah. 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 Worked on Mass Effect Andromeda, yes. So And some of the DLC for Mass Effect 3, if I recall. I think yeah. you're right on that also. Apparently there was a lot of time spent working on this new game. Now they've stopped work completely on Mass Effect to make this other game even bigger. Right. Well, yeah, they've they've basically said, Okay, Mass Effect Andromeda was a PR disaster. Mm-hmm. Let's uh let's not talk about that anymore. Right. Let's not, let's not develop that, do anything, have a sequel. Mass Effect is dead for a while. Anthem looks, visually speaking, beautiful, incredible. Never seen anything Assuming like it. Assuming that I can't. it comes out with that yeah. level of graphics. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. And that was actual <laughs> gameplay, though. Like That's what I was really impressed about was most of it. Gameplay that they may dumb down at a later date. Well, <laughs> yeah. It, it, so, like, uh, with Andromeda, <laughs> with the there was, like, a leaked video, and it looked fantastic. And it was, like, two years before the game came out. They did a side-by-side, and it was like, whoa, what? They, like, just rolled it back that far? Like, what the hell happened? So, a little bit concerned that it won't wind up looking the same if they have the same kind of problems. Maybe this mm. one was built in the Frostbite engine from the beginning. <laughs> and well, not at the yeah, last and minute. I mean, that's sort of the question, yeah, though. Like, are they exactly. going to have weird frostbite problems, or uh, 
Are they going to get frostbitten? Mm-mm. Well, uh-huh. uh, frostbite. Well, okay, that's a fair question. Fro- I was going to say frostbite was made for first-person games, um, which this is sometimes, but all the action appears to be third-person. So who knows? Well, yeah, at, they, l- they at least from the like, trailer, oh, we had to build all these RPG elements on top of it and all this other stuff, and so it was just them constantly trying to clean up like an engine that's not capable of handling a huge gamut of gameplay possibilities. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, what it what it is if if you haven't picked up on it is that it is very much like Destiny. It's a it's a cooperative sci fi game, and in fact, looking at the aesthetics of it, I was kind of like, why isn't this a Mass Effect game? Why right. isn't this just a uh, Mass right? Effect? I mean, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, fucking go get them. You know, like, there are similar looking creatures. Um, I mean, there's well, and it was basically like one of the main Mass Effect guys, right? That like went off and did this, and I think he left after two years of work, mm-hmm. but then they continued the project. I, I have a lot of doubts that it's going to come out and it's going to be as awesome as the trailer looked. Yeah, well... And graphically and playability-wise. It does look really, it, the, really good. The promise that that trailer represents is really statistically high. unlikely that with their track record they could conceivably deliver on. Yeah. What I am happy about with all this stuff, though, is, is I'm guessing it's using the uh, new, better hardware from the consoles. So, yeah, I mean, Anth- Anthem's a tough one, Um and certainly, absolutely everyone who sees it is like, wow, looks good, but feeling that burn from Mass Effect Andromeda. One of the funniest things I thought about the trailer was how canned their conversation was. Oh, and you know, you know that's they what were trying... I thought that those were supposed to be players, or like characters talking. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, that's wait, exactly that what I said. Like the players. And then it's like, oh, yeah, man, cool. Look at this gun I got. And I was like, is this actually the dialogue? Like, yeah. No, I thought I thought it was like scripted was. too. It like, took me in so the game. long to realize that they were supposed to be playing the game. And not just like, like bad actors. Chat. Yeah, <laughs> Just not like horrible they actors. They should not have used voice actors. <laughs> well, no, I mean, this is, this is just another way you can compare it to Destiny because Destiny's uh, gameplay debut at E3 was also a god-awfully scripted, canned, Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today gameplay participatory multiplayer gameplay experience it was just as bad as this actually quite worse but um the um the apple event when they were showing the uh the vr stuff was equally like just they should have a medal for how bad it was like oh no uh, darth vader he's coming right at me oh and they like freeze it like he's just striking right at her face as like oh yes this was completely unscripted like what a surprise I don't know why the hell they do that it's bad every single time yeah just be honest with people you fuckers 
<sighs> Wouldn't that be nice? That it be? would. It would be fantastic. Let's so long take... as nobody drops the meth bombs, like everything <laughs> will be fine. Let's take a moment to thank the awesome people who make Nerdy Show possible, and then we'll get back to gaming talk. You can. We're entirely listener supported. You can support us on Patreon, where you can subscribe and get all kinds of bonus perks. You can rate and review us on a number of platforms, as we'll talk about momentarily. And uh, you can shop on Amazon. Like, you can buy those ramen noodles via our links on this episode's page. <laughs> and you should, because, wow. Or go to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon, follow our links there, and anything you buy through those portals will give back to Nerdy Show. Um, but we got to give some shout-outs to some very specific individuals. For example, a brand new patron. Welcome, Chris Nance, to the party. And... I have a shout-out from one of our $10 donors. That's at that level. You get access to the exclusive Facebook group where we hang out with the fans, Nerdy Show Lounge. And also, once a month, we'll say whatever you want us to say. Cold Fire Surge says the following. I would like to give a shout-out to the Fandible Real Play podcast. I found them by searching for Real Play on the Atomic Robo RPG and love them enough to catch up on all the games they play. The Fandible crew recently hit one year of their Numenaria Longshot campaign and deserve some extra love for going so strong. So thanks so much, Cold Fire Surge. And uh, you too could uh, could get this shout-out. In fact, very few of our $10 and up folks take advantage of this, so if you want to, well, that door is always open. Now, um, we often tell you to rate and review us on iTunes, and that's still good advice. I- iTunes is still the number one platform for podcast acquisition, but iTunes is a deeply flawed system. For example, to sign up, you have to give them your credit card information, even if you're not going to buy anything there. Um, it's not awesome for podcast discovery. You can search Nerdy Show and you can find all of our shows, but if you were someone who was looking for something of a certain flavor, if you wanted to discover a podcast that, say, didn't have a big celebrity involved or just wanted a good recommendation you wouldn't necessarily get it so we were th- we're thrilled to uh to say there's a new system in town and uh, they're in beta right now they're called pod chaser and they are built as a podcast discovery platform that is a site where you can rate and review podcasts and it's easy to do and doesn't require a complicated login. You can tag podcasts so that people can discover things based on categories. For example, audio dramas, one of the biggest fields in podcasting, which iTunes does not have a genre category for at all. Podchaser is in beta right now and it just so happens we have some beta keys for you. Those beta keys are nerdy show or just nerdy. If one doesn't work, try the other and we have a page set up nerdyshow.com slash podchaser that explains the entire process how the site works and uh it's in beta right now like i said so there's lots of bugs uh it's the they're going to be adding features it's going to be continually updating and as it updates i will expand that document so uh, to give more helpful hints on how to use it because uh this this startup their their pedigree is great the people working on it are amazing but there's no guarantee that they'll succeed, and we want them to succeed very badly because the podcasting world needs something like Podchaser. There's, we, we have a page, for example, Nerdy Show's Greatest Hits. It's a, it's a, it's a page on nerdyshow.com that we've attempted to curate. Uh, it's kind of gathering dust right now. We wanted to put our best stuff there. But in this case, you can't. You, it's not just about rating and reviewing series. You can rate and review individual episodes. So Podchaser could become our Greatest Hits page based on what you think, based on what you think are the best episodes. And that's awesome. Like, I want that. All the features that they, that they have that they are working on, 
Uh, we've been in close contact with them, and everything sounds super exciting. But it will only work if they gain a healthy user base, and that's where you folks come in. So if you want to get an early start on using Podchaser, use the beta keys that we have. That's Nerdy Show and Nerdy. And go to nerdyshow.com slash podchaser for links to all of our shows to where you can rate and review them. Uh, am I missing anything? Anything else we should say about Podchaser? I think you covered most of it. Yeah, I, I've i been following this development very closely. Um, the podcast world needs something like this badly where it's a very young genre. Nothing's really working uh, too well. It's It's very fractured. And this could help greatly unite it, especially for shows like well, networks even like Nerdy Show, um, you know, we don't have celebrities really on our on our series. We don't have major backing, and that usually is the only way you get an audience. The uh, generating from word of mouth it doesn't really doesn't really work too well. Um, granted, you're more than welcome to try. Telling a friend is the best way to engage somebody. If you really <laughs> hound your friends, like no, seriously, you got to check out Nerdy Show. You got to check out State of the Empire. You got to check out Liberty Orphans. Whatever. Do do continue to tell people, but uh. And do continue to rate and review on iTunes. It's a bitter pill that we will continue to ask you to take because it's still the number one source for that. But uh, if you want something better, check out Podcaster. Tell other people to check out or Chaser. Pod, Podchaser. Podcaster. Check out Podchaser. <laughs> um, and if, if, you, if you love other podcasts, other podcast networks, tell them about Podchaser. The it word, should be noted that right now it's only for desktop. It's not... Yes. Uh, they don't have a, a working great version of the mobile uh, thing and they don't have an app. Like yeah. their, their mobile website okay. isn't that great yet. Uh, no, it's pretty bad. And but they're the, working on it. They don't have an app. But they are working on both of those things. But right now, it's just for your desktop. So don't be disappointed if you p- pull up your phone and try to load it up and so it's there, not working out There great. is a little wait sign at the you top that home. says, hey, we're not optimized for mobile, so keep that yeah. in mind. <laughs> yeah, just, just wait, <laughs> they wait a little bit if that's how you want to use it. But yeah. uh, if you you know are using your desktop at work or at home or something, uh, check out Podchaser. Now, speaking of... Some kind people have already gone on there and uh, made sure that Nerdy Show's shows have been climbing the uh, the top lists, which is very cool. So uh, please help yes. with that. So I wanted to include some reviews from the awesome people who've already joined us on Podchaser. And uh, Boar, Nikki, and John, you guys all have uh, reviews in front of you. So let's start with Nikki. Well, I have Cyanide. All the news, nerdy and techie, can be found here with often humorous tones. The hosts are great, and each episode is wrapped up with a song that will expand your horizons of artists. A must-listen. Thanks, Cyanide, who's a fan of both uh, Lethal Chemicals and also Scion Cars. Unless I'm I'm hosting, and then sometimes it's not wrapped up with a song, but sometimes it is. (laughs) (laughs) You can never tell. (laughs) And uh, I've got one from a user named Fizz. Uh, and Fizz writes, I don't usually have the time to know all the topics being discussed in every episode, but on my commute, the Nerdy Show crew catches me up on the nerdy world at large and introduces me to comics, movies, and content I hadn't considered before. Thank you, Fizz. Garrier says, a fun dive into nerddom. They cover pretty much any nerdy topic you could desire. Sure, they cover the standards of comics, video games, science, and movies, but they also cover stuff like wrestling, giant robots, music, and weird internet cooks. They approach nerdom from a place of love and inclusion, not gatekeeping. I like that last bit quite a bit. Thank wow. you so much, Garrier. I, I like to think that's that's what we what we carry with us the most. It's just being being cool, sharing the stuff we love yeah. with other people because we want we want we want to we want to spread that around. So uh, I guess we'll get back to E three now. Uh, did everybody see the trailer for? 
the new Mario game coming out October 28th, Mario Odyssey. Yes, and it was so, <laughs> Mario so possession. weird. I <laughs> don't even understand what the game is. I mean, I get it. <laughs> but wow, there's a lot. Yeah. All right. So I felt what she just said. <laughs> As did I. I just, I don't even. This is, without question, the weirdest Mario game that has ever been made. And that's a hell of a statement right there. Yeah. Yep. This is, this is Mario going on what appears to be a space and time odyssey across multiple universes, not, not other continents beyond the Mushroom Kingdom, what appears to be other worlds. Um, including a city with people who are shaped in normal proportions and not cartoon proportions. It's like Sonic Adventure or something up in this. Right, and, the, and they yeah. showed us this before. Like, the previous yeah. footage that we had of it had Mario and all these weird different settings, but in this trailer, it was it was a lot different because they introduced some sort of a mechanic that seems to be pretty integral to the game where there's this hat that yeah, seems just... to be alive with a ghost in it. And for some reason, when you throw the hat onto either an animal or a person or a thing, you become that animal, person, or a thing. It, Mar- it Mario, yeah, Mario possesses it somehow. Like, yeah. But also, Luigi needs to get over there and fucking take care of business because oh, yeah. there's a ghost problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luigi, when it, when it comes to three-dimensional adventures, he typically is like, oh, no. I'm gonna stay at my mansion. That's okay, Mario. I mean, he he, he sat out Mario 64. He sat out Mario Sunshine, and this is a spiritual successor to both of those. So yeah. naturally, Luigi's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. The thing I didn't understand about the weird hat possession thing, though, is that Mario is in this as himself nice. with the hat on, and then he'll take the hat off, throw it on something. And then he becomes that thing. But what happens to Mario's body? It just sort of disappears. Well, he, he, he actually, there's there's one shot but in the trailer. But not until he, after the hat goes the, on. The hat goes on to him, and then Mario spaghettifies in an interesting way so that his his physical form and consciousness are transposed into the, the thing, which is actually somehow ties into uh, Twin Peaks Season 3, um, as a matter of fact. But hmm. I'll get into that later. Okay. <laughs> there's a magic Mario hat in it? No, there's spaghettification. Oh. Um, <laughs> spaghettification. I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it, it's the gameplay prospects are fascinating because like, Mario can uh, throw himself into a like electrical a, wire and turn into electricity and travel down a wire and then like he turned into a tank and a dinosaur and a regular yeah. person i do think it's weird that inanimate objects i mean i guess it's a vehicle <laughs> and he, he turned tur- into a taxi yeah and, and a bullet <laughs> morty turn yourself into a car <laughs> i just don't understand their law there is no logic behind it but, but i'm trying to do the logic it's weird and that's just the the environment they've shown us the most there's also a weird uh, uh viva pinata kind of mexican looking zone mm-hmm. and there's a dinosaur, dinosaur land there, and, yeah, yeah with realistically the, the re- relatively realistic dinosaurs. dinosaurs yeah um now the city's called new donk city and <laughs> donk and here's what I love. it's it's lorded over by mayor pauline and mario fans will know pauline is the name of the woman who mario who mario saved from donkey kong or cranky kong as it were okay back in the day what? so this is this this is the city where donkey kong took place uh 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That there's you'll see streets. There's a this. there's a street like named after Cranky Kong. But there's yeah. also like the Mushroom Kingdom seems to be there because he possessed he possessed like a totem pole of Goombas at one point. Did you see that? Yeah. And and then there was like some weird. Well, Bowser's there. Bowser's once again. I was just trying to get hitched in a white suit. He's, he's done that before. <laughs> well, getting married. It was so weird. He joined the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's it's a strange game and i can't wait to play it but i will say i mean it especially with the art style kind of changing with it being so like just not mario like off brand like mario visually has a has a brand has a synergy to it and this is like deliberately saying like nah fuck that every place is different everything is weird nothing is what you remember nothing is what you expect well i mean that's to be fair that's all there like the mushroom kingdom stuff is there and it looks like mario when he's in those worlds but then all of a sudden he decides ah it's grand theft auto time (laughs) it's grand theft auto time (laughs) maybe i'm going to possess this taxi (laughs) yeah maybe it's mario in virtual reality so can he pick up hookers (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if he's going to Grand Theft Auto, I mean, it's pretty much mandatory. It's like a core game mechanic. Hey, you pick up the hooker, and then after yep, after yep, she does yep. you a, a tremendous oh, service oh, for a reasonable pay, you, you, possess it, you get back in the car, and you and you drive back over, and you take the money back. <laughs> it's the, the same morbid experience that countless people uh, oh, have, have no. had for years. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh probably not uh and of course it's very it's very japanese because all the uh all the people in new donk city look like uh very very middle-aged businessmen yeah well and businesswomen <laughs> in, in little round hats and skirts uh there's no no colorful urban life mm-hmm. uh just very business life but uh you got to pick up jazz musicians pauline wants you to pick up jazz musicians to help her put on a concert or something oh. my daughter doesn't talk to me anymore and you, my you, cresta keeps getting destroyed by this nut job. You got way deeper into Donk than I did by watching that trailer. No, I I, uh, <laughs> I watched I watched the gameplay demo. Oh, okay. I was like, how do you know so much about this Donk? <laughs> I just love Donk. <laughs> anyway, Mario Odyssey looks crazy as hell, and I'm very excited for it. But you know what I'm more excited for? Hmm. Hopefully, some great Metroid. Metroid Prime Four was announced. Okay. Um. No, they no pictures, just a logo. They just say, "Yeah, I was going to say you're pretty excited about basically nothing. Basically nothing. We don't know if Retro Studios is working on it. We don't know anything about it. But there is a little bit of Metroid to tide me over this year, September fifteenth. Metroid: Samus Returns for the 3DS, a full remake of Metroid Two: The Return of Samus for the Game Boy. One of the Wow. Uh, a quality game, but one of the least played games, including by myself, because you know not many people were looking for that kind of experience on the Game Boy, especially at the time when it came out, when it was still one color and very small. Um, this is—it's a great story. It's about Samus going to a, a planet, hunting down the Metroids, following the events of, of Metroid One, like perfectly continuing it, and then having an alien. Th- Aliens 3 style, the Met- the Metroids inhabit other creatures on this alien planet and mutate into Metroidified versions of those creatures. I really cannot wait to play that on the 3DS. That actually sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that. And that's coming really fucking soon. I, really? I can't believe... September 15th. Oh, sept- that's when it comes out. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, so that's great. So after Moogfest, I flew up to Chicago... Uh, where the consequence of sound offices are, and we uh, we had a bit of a, a Twin Peaks party. We had two downright exquisite cherry pies. Mm. Uh, I I drank coffee with caffeine in it for the first time in a long time, uh, which was 
dangerous, but fortunately I was in a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> and You're so, more daring than I am. I know. He, I, uh, he was so, with loved ones. Uh, some, some Jerry, we had some Jerry Horn style baguettes with, uh, with butter and cheese on them and, and watched the mm. first four episodes of Twin Peaks The Return. And this is, if you're not familiar with Twin Peaks, uh, where to begin, it's, you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it, and it's a, it's a show written and directed by uh, David Lynch, co-created with Mark Frost, um, a legendary piece of strange, nerdy artwork. It was abruptly and unceremoniously canceled, there was some drama, there was a film that was a prequel but not a prequel. And now we have this. Um, 25 years later, the events pick up as they were. And it is... There's been a lot of revivals lately. And they've been largely catastrophic disappointments. I'm looking at you, X-Files. I'm looking at you, Chris Carter. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? But this Twin Peaks return is phenomenal. This is one season. And it's going to be done. Uh, there was a book, The Secret History of Twin Peaks, uh, that came out beforehand, which was incredible. Has a lot of nuanced seeds as to uh, to where things are going right now, I feel uh, feel a bit enlightened at seeing the weirdness happening and having like a little bit of an extra clue as to what might be going on. Okay. Um, but it's pitch per- pitch perfect revival in that it's totally different from what was what happened before. It's it's unique in in its style, okay. but it is it latches on to the darkness, the weirdness, the humor of the original series and presents it in a completely new way that's fresh while also calling back to everything. Almost all the original su- surviving cast are back, including a lot of people who we unfortunately lost just following the uh, the end of the series. Um, the woman who plays Margaret Lanterman, the Log Lady, uh, she died, but she's in it. Uh, Miguel Ferrero is in it, and man, I, I, there's not much I can say about it without spoiling it. But this is the performance of Kyle McLaughlin's career. Episodes one and two are dark and intense episodes three and four are comedy gold that i like already quote it's extremely quotable okay it doesn't take place in twin peaks much it takes place all over the united states because all the stuff that happened 25 years ago has spread out and infected the world kind of so you're seeing all these different perspectives and all this crazy stuff happening yeah um i've seen a little bit of it and so i know a couple people who come back kyle mclaughlin's uh character looked hilarious to me so the fact that you're saying the first two episodes are like pretty intense they're horrifying really because like looking at him like i was cracking up at the first sign of like seeing him personally i I, want to say stuff but i don't i don't know i don't know how how much i can get away with i would love to tell people what this is i know that's why i'm just like (laughs) I'll, i'll just say that when you are stuck inside of a uh, another dimension for 25 years and you re- are returned to earth under strange circumstances that involve spaghettification out uh, coming out of an, a power outlet um you don't come back right and you got <laughs> it takes a while for you to put yourself back together yeah and as a result some very funny things are gonna fucking happen to you <laughs> yeah but i think it is interesting how before everything was so condensed to twin peaks which i mean i like that's the main reason why i like the show it's almost like a eureka kind of thing where it's like the town yeah but uh yeah i do kind of sounded to me like you're describing gravity falls well i mean gravity falls is twin peaks for kids so gotcha (laughs) never Mm. thought of that but yeah uh now it's like like you said it's it's gone out of twin peaks it is almost spreading i guess is the only way i can really say it the thing weird things are happening than 
just in Twin Peaks. So yeah. it sounds like Bill never got out and, and Weird Mageddon didn't happen. Is that what? Yeah, Weird we- Mageddon never happened. Okay. <laughs> but it's happening now. Okay. Okay. So Dipper and Mabel are all grown up. <laughs> They've gone their separate ways, but they're coming back together. And what, you're, what we're Is, seeing... Is uh, Uncle Stan dead or alive? Uh... <laughs> He's dead, but it's not what you think. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess it never is, really. <laughs> what I'm about ready. the pig? <laughs> well, oh. conveniently, still played by Neil deGrasse Tyson, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Strangely, I understand all of this. <laughs> now, now you do. But when we go back to talking about Twin Peaks, you're going to be like, mm, tuned out. Yep. <laughs> well, so... Because I'm a kid. <laughs> All the stuff that happens with the original characters is amazing. All the, it's basically it's showing you a bunch of fragmented storylines that are gradually converging, mm. and it's very exciting to see how they come together. There's characters who have been mentioned in off screen, and elements that were mentioned in off screen in various things that are gradually getting explained or revealed. There was a recent one that I just I, I won't say anything, but it was it's it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. It's a character you've been wondering about for a long time. Okay. David Duchovny's reprisal. Uh, as his character uh, from Twin Peaks is wonderful. Michael Sarah's uh, brand new character to the show. Let me talk about Michael. I is- did not even know Michael Sarah was going to be in this thing. Michael Sarah, I'm going to tell you everything about this because this is, this is okay. This is okay to say. Michael okay. Sarah plays the child of Andy and Lucy from the Twin Peaks Police Department. Um, <laughs> Lucy, the a- absent-minded front desk lady, and Andy, the kind of equally absent-minded and overly emotional uh, police deputy, you can imagine their offspring must be a little peculiar. Yeah. And oh, he is. He was born the same day as Marlon Brando, you see. So uh, as a result, uh, he's he styled his life after Marlon Brando. And uh, and I'll be goddamned if he doesn't roll up in that like uh, exact outfit from what's that? What's that Marlon Brando motorcycle movie where he's got that cap like tilted to the side? And anyway, Michael Sarah's character is extremely peculiar. And it's a scene that you will either love or hate but it's a it's a scene let me tell you and it's a it's powerful funny i think if you haven't heard about this time to pre-order vr amazon links because after the season concludes there's another book coming out twin peaks the final dossier and it's going to wrap up any remaining plot threads for things that say maybe parts i assume it's going to be plots that were seeded during the original twin peaks that won't have the opportunity to be resolved, maybe due okay. to actors dying or mm. or other things, but it'll probably, you know, all the core stuff's going to get taken care of in the show, and then this is the etc. And I'm very excited for that, because this first book, it was incredible. It's like, I actually couldn't tell what was true or wasn't, because so much of it was based on actual facts that happened. Like, uh, did you know that uh, one of the people who founded the Jet Propulsion Laboratory uh, was kicked out for being too weird and having New Age beliefs and then eventually exploded after he became a uh, uh, explosives expert for Hollywood? That's true, but it's in the Twin Peaks book, melded with fiction, and I, I was like, is this, is this real? I, I don't know. Wow. So, uh, all my <laughs> discussions uh, pertaining to when I, I, how I've been gone this past month, those are wrapped. Let's get back to video games. Um, there's a game that was debuted, I think, at the Xbox conference, which actually I should have known about already. It was it was kickstarted, but now I guess they've gotten that uh, a little bit extra funding, shall we say? Yeah. It's called the Artful Escape of uh, Fran- Francis Vendetti. Francis Vendetti. Um, this game, I, it's hard to wrap my head around what exactly it's going to be. I didn't wait. That thing was kickstarted. 
Yeah, John, it's it's really surprising that like, and I look I watched some of the Kickstarter like trailers from before. Uh, this game looks incredible. It's visually stunning. It appears to be some kind of a side-scrolling platform, maybe even a rhythm-based game. Yeah, I haven't been able to figure out any. I, I didn't see gameplay. I don't think. I think we did see gameplay. Was that gameplay? <laughs> okay, <laughs> then I guess so. It had really trippy vi- visuals. <laughs> very interest, like awesome music. But then I don't know if we're going along to the music. I don't know if we're making the music. I don't understand if we're making all the bizarre shit happen. There was a sequence where he was jumping and strumming guitar and yeah. platforms were appearing underneath him, which looked like a game mechanic to me. It, it, you appear to be uh, a guy Acid who's... tripping just the whole time. <laughs> That's what I felt like. <laughs> I felt like someone put something in my, in my sodas. A guy who's who's like uncle or something uh, mm-hmm. was like a Bob Dylan type figure. Yeah. And now you're trying to like find your own destiny as a musician, something yeah. like that. Okay. And it turns into a metaphysical what? journey. Or you're trying to get to your own show. It looks Something's like a, happening. It looks like it's a weird platformer. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. it is definitely those two things. Weird and a platformer. Yes. So that's, it, I don't know. It looked crazy. It looked awesome. It looked very trippy. I don't own an Xbox, so... You know, it's a wasted on me. Well, but. maybe it was kickstarted, so there's, it's probably a multi-platform release. Unless it, it just said that it's going to be I think a it's console a, launch exclusive. Yeah, so it's gonna going to come that. out on, on Xbox first. Yeah. But then who knows? Um, and so also Xbox related and indie game related, Cuphead is finally coming out after Oh my God, finally. Years. Yeah. They showed that off, was it three years ago? Yeah, at this point. It, it feels been, like it was 10 <laughs> well let me put it this way you know we used to we made a tradition of going to e3 until we decided hey this is uh this is too expensive and pointless to keep doing this um Nothing like waiting in lines for a year yeah uh we we can we get just as much information almost uh watching at home then i mean and it looked like it was almost done when they showed it off the first time yeah so i don't know what's been going on but but like at, <laughs> back when we used to go to e3 cuphead was was debuted and now it's finally coming out in september that's wow. like so fucking long ago. I even it's remember here. I even remember he, hearing people talk about how hard it is to play. Like I, f- I feel like they had a gameplay demo. Oh yeah, there was it was Part on the, it was available on the floor theory. to play. Uh, <laughs> recently, it, yeah. Is there an alternate reality where Cuphead's been out for a while? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quantum physics says yes. I mean, the good thing about Cuphead being like being taking so long is that you know graphically speaking, it, it's. It's not going to degrade. I was going to ask be fine. how they made the graphics yeah. better in the millennia that it's been in development. I mean, there's there's nothing to improve. It's 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 already hyper stylized. <laughs> so so I guess you know maybe maybe it was going to be 1080 and now it's in 4K. 4K. Whatever you know. Yeah. 8K, yeah. A million K. <laughs> All the Ks. Yeah. Circle K. What about uh, is anybody going to play the Warhammer two? Okay. Uh, I have questions about that. Yeah. So. This is the first time in forever that anyone has shown me anything pertaining to a Warhammer that didn't end in, in a K. It's not 40K. <laughs> right? It's just regular Warhammer. I'd forgotten it even existed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's coming out. It doesn't. All right. So at first, I was super impressed by the trailer when they were on, when they were flying, basically. It's a bunch of lizards. God yeah. damn lizard men. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> lizards on flying things pterodactyls so, you know so you're saying you're saying cloud people <laughs> that are also lizards yes 
They got Antler. them flying lizards in that there trailer. And you know what? They don't even cover it up. They keep saying that they are, in fact, lizard men. They just but say did it. did you see the part where that guy, that big old lizard, was sitting on his fat freaking <laughs> lizard chair and he was beneath, talking, the, beneath the capital of the United States. Was not moving. Yes. Yes, I did see t- lizard telepathy. Ooh, they're coming for you, getting in your minds through your television sets and your video game consoles. Lizard men. War hammer. Tell, you, tell you what, we got to watch out for them there ventriloquisms <laughs> that, that we see. Ne- never trust a They puppet. might all never. be lizard people. <laughs> never. <laughs> What kind, what kind of game is this even? I have no clue. It, it looked like an RTS. Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming it's an RTS, but like literally, did they show any gameplay? No. I don't think they, did. they just they just showed relatively kind of outdated graphics of Thank goddamn you. lizard man. I was like, they didn't even show the gameplay, which the gameplay is when it's gonna go from like good graphics to whatever graphics you're really gonna play with. The On not- an RTS, it's hard to even really care in a lot of ways. You know? <laughs> Everything's so tiny. Yeah, they, oh, pull, oh, oh. they always pull back so far. I, I, There's I, a new Age of Empires coming out in 4K. Point in case. What? <laughs> Why? I because 4K. <laughs> the more recent Warhammer 40K game that yeah. has been shown off. Uh, I don't know. I doubt it's out yet, but like it looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, the the first person shooter. One? Yeah. Forget Warhammer, though. Did you see that Crackdown 3 trailer with Terry Crews screaming at you? No, I did what? not. Oh, my God. That, there's... that brought me straight back to, like, the old school video game advertisements. Yeah. <laughs> like, please He's please just tell. yelling at you. Like, what yeah, fuck? it's, uh, I mean, the original cracked, uh, Crackdown games, uh, I didn't play them, but they looked like they were just ridiculous, sort of like prototype or uh, in- infamous, where you just kind of have, like, ridiculous powers and you're unleashed into a city uh saints row 4 also similar sort of situation but you're just like this super cop or something and uh the trailer most of it is just terry cruz yelling at you about having big guns and stuff and then they show some gameplay at the end but the gameplay looks pretty fun and anything where terry cruz yells at you is always great (laughs) i'll have to check that one out (laughs) i think i'll enjoy that i like it when he yells at me uh, one of the biggest announcements this year, uh, at least so far anyway, is perhaps the, the the last game to have that sort of legendary unreleased status like The Last Guardian, and this is Beyond Good and Evil 2, the sequel to Ubisoft's 2003 game that was a really fun, really cool action platformer that everybody liked that like 2008 or something had a second game announced. There's been a teaser trailer there's been some gameplay footage and they finally they dropped an announcement today that it's actually happening that was what amounts to basically a short film with some limited information about what it is that basically like showcases nothing that was shown before almost implying that it's all been scrapped or shrouded in mystery who knows this this trailer every i don't care what your relationship is with beyond good and evil i don't care if which relationship with is with ubisoft you should watch this trailer it's amazing it's like the fifth element with animal people. Mm. That's what I was going to say. Exactly that. Like, what? exactly that. <laughs> like, Some man. animal people and humans. And you said it's going to be yeah. multi-platform? Uh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but it's, it's Ubisoft, so likely. Okay. They don't really have allegiances. Yeah. And we didn't see any uh, gameplay at all, did we? We did not. But we did see what the uh, director 
has implied is, is basically a showcase of things that, uh, that you could expect. In this trailer, you see a pig crime boss having a deal with a monkey man with a strange metal hand. And, pig uh, crime boss, monkey man, have a kerfluffle. <laughs> and the the monkey guy uh, slips him a Mickey. Uh, well, no, he doesn't really slip him a Mickey. He basically he, he, <laughs> he, he gives he gives the pig guy a thing that the pig guy wants. Pig guy gives him a disc that the monkey guy wants, and then turns out the the, uh, the the thing he gives the pig guy is fake. So monkey dude escapes through a skylight because his metal hand it's actually a thing that springs off of him like a grappling hook, and he has got a regular Sick. hand underneath it. He pops up. He jumps all around up in the uh, in the the buildings like. Like and you then would. it's fifth element everywhere. And then, yeah, then flying cars, chase, cute girl on a motorcycle, blowing Huge things city. up, police things flying around, explosions. Um, and apparently, this is representative of the cooperative gameplay that will be in the game, hypothetically. Ubisoft is, of course, champions of shit that doesn't actually happen when they put out a game. Yeah. <laughs> I read an article trying to, like, talk about some of this stuff, and honest to God, it was like, oh, yeah, we wanted to do, like, some of this crazy shit, like, the Mass Effect shit that they were trying to do, and then No Man's Sky stuff that they were trying to do, but, you know, we're going to do it, and I'm like, oh, my God, no, don't, you're never going to finish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently, like, later on, you see, you see a spaceship, um, just basically, like, fly up to the, to the cloud layer, and then, boom, zip off. According to the director, that's part of the gameplay, too. You will travel to other planets. It will be seamless. There's no load time. I'm like, whoa, wow. dude. You're uh, talking a big game here. This is a beautiful short film, and if it was just a straight-up movie, I'd watch it. I'm not even sure if I want a game at this point. I just want to see more of what you just made. Right. Yeah. But, like, literally, just make the goddamn movie. <laughs> Please and thank you. It, it's it's phenomenal. You should check it out. I hope the game is good. Uh, really, this will be a truly crippling failure for Ubisoft if they fuck this up after all this time. They've, you know, I mean, they're a huge company. They'll bounce and back they from it. we were talking but. about doing, like, insane levels of development on all the worlds, all the shit. Like, it sounded just like one of those crazy projects where the, you know, tax guys are going to come and be like, hey, when's this thing going to hit? Come on, guys. Like, what are you doing? And then it's like, okay, well... We're I mean, all gonna get fired if we don't pull our shit out of our ass. <laughs> it's taken so long that they might as well have all that shit, but I don't believe it. But I mean, I want, yeah. I want to believe. Um, so <laughs> I want to believe it. It looks great. Uh, there's one troubling thing though, which when I when I was talking to Brandon about this, he was very miffed about. It's a prequel, so they say. Um, it takes place before the main character from uh, Beyond Good and Evil was born. And yet, it's still called Beyond Good and Evil Two. It's some awesome. Real, some real Proto Man shit there. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> um, so I think my theory is if they're not going to call it Beyond Time Good and Evil Two, if she's not in it, if it doesn't continue the story, if it doesn't, sh- I mean, because they, she was the main characters from the prior game were major elements of all the promotional materials leading up to this point. It seems weird that they would bother to call to give this game a sequel title. For something that hasn't, you know, hasn't had a game in over a decade, um, they would try to rebrand if they wanted to tell a totally new story. But it's beyond good and evil too. So I think you're going to play a story that eventually flashes forward in time, and all of a sudden you're playing with the characters you know and love. Hmm. That's my theory. Okay. Possibly. Rampant speculation. <laughs> it, is, it is rampant speculation. Yes. Um, and as far as another game, it looks great, but uh, worth cocking an eyebrow at. Spider-Man. That looked crazy. 
the the trailer uh or or at least the the game i guess it was gameplay uh it yeah. wasn't really a trailer they just showed us a, a swath of gameplay and it looked great like everything about it was was pretty amazing even though i don't understand at some points how they were controlling the character like <laughs> everything was way too fluid and looked too awesome <laughs> Yeah, it's well, like <laughs> what was weird is it looked like they had actually combined a couple of different like play styles. There was like the Arkham kind of like fighting um and stalking going on, but then they also had almost a heavy rain style like interaction timing. I guess there's a lot of games actually that use that now. Well, quick time events, yeah. Yeah, quick time events. So, yeah. Which, but Spider-Man. Which is quick time events are a popular thing to hate on these days because they became such a a buzzword and concept in gaming development that there was just a lot of it and that is problematic for people. I don't actually see any genuine problem with quick time events. Um maybe we can move away from them, but for the time being, if you want to truly do something awesome in a game uh as far as like combining That's my problem though. It's like you're this game looks like it's not on rails at all. And then all of a sudden with the quick time events, you know that there is rails and it's like pass or fail, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. Bor and I, we're watching it together and we've, we've got a lot of questions like, Oh my God, that thing that happened was so cool. Okay. So, but now, now you're moving through a building and this can't pos. this has to be scripted because you can't, all the buildings in New York can't possibly. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. I thought the same damn thing. I was like, well, clearly, I mean, what if I didn't go in there? And it's like, well, I guess I went in there then. So how often is it taking control away from the player? It seemed like pretty often. Yeah, from, from what they showed all the time us. when you're chasing them around the city. Um, yeah, so it's it's hard to tell, but it does it does look regardless of that. Regardless, I don't need everything to be like Skyrim full world exploration. You know, like I need everything to be Skyrim full world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, some games are like that, and some aren't. Uh, you know, for example, like Breath of the Wild is so open-ended there's no necessarily right way to solve a puzzle and that's a beautiful thing they designed it for that the spider-man game it's a little bit more narrative driven you'll get the thrill of hey i did something correctly and hey i can interpret this uh this set piece environment in in how i want to you know handle the situation with all these goons but uh you know it's it's still cool as hell it's an original Spider-Man story in its own version of the comics universe. Spider-Man has a unique costume for it, which is very cool looking. And uh, much I was weirded out by his eyes working. Well, that's, know, act- that's actually... The, the, way, the way Spider-Man's eyes work is actually very similar to how they work in the present Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is there any rational reason for how that is? Uh, no, because it's cool. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was just making cute. sure. Uh, magnets. But how do they work? I was thrilled to see a Spider-Man character who I don't believe has been. I granted I haven't watched the recent Spider-Man cartoons, but I believe this character hasn't appeared in any piece of Spider-Man media outside of the comic books. Uh, creation of, of of Dan Slott, who's now like got to be going for like one of. I mean, he's one of the most prolific Spider-Man authors of, of all time, if not the. Uh, he's been writing Spider-Man for years, doing an amazing job. It's one of my favorite books to read. This character uh, was one of his earliest creations for it, Mister Negative, who's a um, basically he's, he's a gang. He's lord. really pessimistic, like all the time. Yeah, he has the power of extreme pessimism. It's basically me in the form of a a villain in Spider Man's universe. He's he's a extremely nice charitable guy who works at a homeless shelter who is polarized um, without his knowledge and is not just visually like polarized so okay. um so two-face it's like yeah he's like an alternate two-face it's like a 
like a Asian a Marvel crime Two-Face. lord you Marvel. Yeah, Marvel Two Face. Why not? So, but he's 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 great. I thought it was really cool. I've always wondered. Mister Negative has a very specific way that he's he's drawn um, of like inverting a color palette, and I've always wondered how that would look in another medium. Mm-hmm. And it looks and really cool. You know. it turns out, yeah. All right. Well, well, there's there's certainly going to be more E three stuff to talk about, and we'll certainly talk about all of that. Taking us out is something fresh and new from Freeze Pop. Uh, last year, they had a very successful what? Kickstarter, and uh, they are in the midst of working on their new album still. This is a track that they released recently. It's called Uncanny Valley. <laughs>
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 